Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. Welcome to Postcast, part of Locked On Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. David Locke along with Ron Boone bringing you the post-game break every after every single game. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes or your podcatcher to get this after each and every Jazz game. And Ron... Just big picture. Jazz win 120-101 tonight over the Rockets. They were just great. Like I, there was really not a lot of nitpicking to be done. They were just all around. This was particularly on the back end of a back-to-back against a rested team waiting for you. This was crazy impressive. It was very, very impressive. Really impressive the way Rodney Hood got the team off to a good start. And the Jazz started to, to play downhill, you know, from, from that point. I mean, the Jazz ended up winning this basketball game, I thought, going away. Because they wasn't making a lot of mistakes and they were keeping the uh, the Houston Rockets from from uh, from scoring out on the perimeter. One of the things I thought was the biggest thing to this game, I mean, there are a lot, but when this team was put together, you envision Hill, Hayward, and Hood, and we've talked about how Hill relieves the burden, but you also no longer can hide James Harden. In my empty the noggin, like from the last time we played the Rockets, my note said Harden guarded Exum and got the night off defensively all night. He started on Rodney Hood tonight, and Rodney Hood torched him. Then he went on George Hill. George Hill scored him. Then he went on Gordon. Gordon scored him. They made, and maybe that's why he had such a bad offensive night, is because they abused him on the other end of the floor. Well, you can see now the teams are starting to play him a little, little smarter, meaning they're putting him in the pick and rolls and making him play a little bit defense. He's had that reputation of not being a defensive player. And supposedly he's concentrating on being a little bit better on-ball defender but it hasn't really done that great uh, that great of a job. But anytime now teams are starting to create situations out there on the floor where they can put scores and guys that they want to put in a in a pick and roll where they have to switch, now that's to the advantage, especially tonight going against Harden. I thought Harden looked uncomfortable because of Rudy Gobert also. He did not want to go to the rim. He's one of the best rim finishers in the league. He's 68% at the rim. And I, I just – this is a guy who I thought looked bothered – by Rudy Gobert's presence, and then on the flip side, Capella and Nene really beat up on the Jazz the last time they played, and they didn't tonight. So not only did Rudy negate the drives of Harden, but he didn't do it at the expense of Capella and Nene. And the expense of getting in the foul trouble there as well. I mean, Rudy now, you heard Thurl Bailey talk about him playing defense straight up, and and, uh, and that really has made a difference in him, not getting in the foul trouble, especially early when the Jazz are trying to establish their defense. You look at the statue, David. You look at this, what the Jazz were. They did not win fast break points. They did not win second chance points. But they did not win points in the paint. Where they did win against the Jazz, with, uh, against the Rockets, with three-point line and at the free throw line. Jazz shot 27 free throws for the Rockets, 22. The Jazz hit 15 threes in 28 attempts. But maybe what's most impressive about that, Ron, is it's just across the board. Hayward's three for six. Hood's three for six. Hill's two for three. Lyle's two for three. Joe Johnson's three for five. Shelvin Mack, one for two. Dante missed his two, and Joe Ingles hit one. The Jazz came into this game in 21st in the league in three-point shooting at 33%. And I tweeted out the other day, 
that's not going to last. And what's crazy exciting about this team, if it can ever get healthy, and Rodney now has a hamstring problem, is that the Jazz are 13th in the league offensive rating, and they're not shooting the three well. They're shooting it a lot, which is great. But Diaz at a poor number. Hayward came in at a poor number. Lyles came in at a poor number. If those guys go get, I mean, just to be exact, Hayward's at 26%. Lyles is at 25%. Diaz at 20 Those guys just get to their career numbers of 35, 36, and, Lyle, and Diaz 33. This team becomes unguardable. Well, you, you don't expect for that to last. I mean, you expect the chance because they have shooters on this team. And, and even if they just increase their 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 three-point percentage, four or five percentage points, then this team is going to make a huge impact in, in, on how teams need to defend need to defend them. They're not guardable at that point, Ron. They're definitely not guardable, that's for sure, because the three-point shot now is, is becoming such a weapon in, in this league that – if you got shooters, you're going to create problems. All right. This is kind of a – I'm going big picture here, but I think this is really important. It's one, it's one thing if you're a great defensive team, okay, and you can shut people down and do things. But really, honestly, this is an offensive league. So when you play teams like Minnesota and Houston that are top ten offensive teams, they're going to score. You just can't – you're not going to – when you – and so when they're doing that, if they're a bad defensive team like Minnesota and Houston is – you have to be good enough offensively that you kick their butt. And that's what the Jazz did the last two nights. Flip it to the two nights before. They played great defensive teams in Atlanta and Denver. And they are bad offensive teams. And the Jazz defense was good enough against bad offensive teams. They humiliated them. That combination to be able to do both those two things when a team has a flaw, that you just go whoop their ass, is something else. That is a great way of putting it. That may, you, you couldn't have explained that any better. I believe in you. That's Thank for you. sure. <laughs> but your finishing games is going to be the key, though. You know, and the Jazz against played, good teams. Against good teams, and the Jazz was able to do that tonight. Even when teams make a run, you make a big shot here, you make a big shot there, just to stop the run. Because a lot of times when teams start to make runs, coaches immediately want to call a timeout. But if if, if teams start to make a run and you make a big shot, like uh, Rodney did last night against the Minnesota when he made the three, you know that kind of a, a, a run killer. And, and the Jazz right now, what did look at that fourth quarter? Just unbelievable. 14 for 19 shooting. And true enough, you know they were able to to keep the, the Rockets from holding from uh, from scoring, and they held on to do just that. But they stopped the Rockets from getting started early in that fourth quarter. One other note on this game: it was played at an incredibly slow pace. You will look at this score and say 120-101 and say, wow, the Jazz went up and down with the Rockets. That is not true. This game played at 88.5 possessions. The Jazz are the slowest team in the league at 93, and tonight was 88.5. So this was a crazy, slow-paced game in which the Jazz offense was just through the roof. What do you mean, David? It only took two hours and eight minutes to play. That's a beautiful thing. (laughs) Despite the fact that there were 50 free throws taken, it still only took that amount of time. It's a beautiful, the league is working hard uh, on those things uh, tonight. Uh, I, I do want to take another minute. I don't know if I feel like, well, we talked about it. I, I don't feel like we've talked enough about Rudy. I just, yeah. I feel like he's just so good right now, and he's just a dominating force. The other one, uh, Gordon Hayward, 31 points tonight. May looked as though he's gotten that shot back. He had five rebounds, seven assists tonight. 
Uh, he was the best player on the floor, probably an all-around game. Rudy was pretty close, too. Uh, we go back to the ice cream. Uh, the tweet the other night that the Jazz, finding the Jazz best player is like choosing your favorite ice cream. It's very difficult, and they're all very good. Yeah. Well, Gordon obviously is, is exceptional. Uh, he, he separates himself, I think, from a lot of players in this league. I think he, he deserves the respect that he's getting. He's worked very, very hard for it, and he wants to be very, very good. You made the comment about the impact that he made there in the in the in the first half. I mean, how many field goals did he have in that first half? Just two, maybe. He ended up with twelve points there at the half, but he made an impact. George Hill, same thing because he didn't score early, but their presence on the floor makes a big difference and success, I think, of of their teammates. It's not quite clear because we switched so much, but it's worth pointing out, Trevor Ariza tonight, 3 of 8, 0, 4 from 3. Andrew Wiggins last night, guarded by Gordon Hayward, 6 of 16. Kent Bazemore the night before, guarded by Gordon Hayward, 1 of 9. Danilo Gallinari, two nights before that, 4 of 14. Gordon Hayward is not talked about as a defensive player, but at 235 pounds with his lateral quickness, he is a pain to try to deal with if you're an offensive player. Let me add to that and and throw in the fact that, okay, that Gordon is, is, is a fairly good, decent defensive player. Um, but then you throw in the defensive schemes, I think, that that uh, Coach Schneider wants his players to use out there on the floor. That really helps and elevates a guy's defensive scheme. Yeah, I mean, we get such great access to the shoot-arounds to see their game plan. There was a play tonight where, they're, where they like to run to get hard in the post or run some stuff. They, they just couldn't get to it. Right. Same thing the other night we saw Minnesota just not be able to get to some stuff they wanted to get because the Jazz scouting report was so good and they had a plan to it that the other coach sees that plan and says, oh, they have an answer, and they have to go away from it. You, you just can't put a, a- – I mean, it's just so valuable when a coach comes up with a defensive scheme that works. And believe me, he's patting himself on the back. I mean, he knows um, uh, he might not tell you that, but boy, he, he'll go home and boy, nail that, you know, because, you know, anytime you can – Harden scored, but he didn't – He didn't really score. It was 8-23. You, you know, he didn't really hit you that hard. He hit you, but he didn't hit you that hard because of the way the, uh, the, the, the Jazz defended Jazz tonight blow out the Rockets. It wasn't close. They led for the final 43 minutes. They trailed this game 16 to 9 and then went nuts and blew them out 120-101. By the way, if you did not get a chance, the periscope that Ron and I did before the game, John Lucas comes by, go to Locked On Sports on Twitter and go get it and watch it. It's un it's just awesome basketball talk. Matt Bullard comes in. It's super fun. Make sure you go check it out. Uh, it was it was super super fun. So make sure you grab that. Otherwise, I'll be back with you for tip our Locked on Jazz. Tomorrow, this has been postcast on Locked on Pot. Let me try that again. This has been postcast on a Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.